0: All right, so if you have a Bible, you can open it up. We'll have it up here on the screen, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5. And like I said, there is so much here in these two verses. But here it is. Listen, that's the Shema. Listen and be obedient, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. There is one God, and that is the Lord, and he is Lord of our lives. He is on the throne. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I just want to point out here, it doesn't give us just, you know, a suggestion to love. What God is saying is that you must love the Lord. So much of the reason why we are here is rooted in love. It's to be in loving relationships. So much of it. And that's going to lead us to our first point. God is love, and he created us in his image so that we can love. When you really understand this word of love and what God is asking us to do in Scripture, that you must love the Lord, so much is why we are here. First and foremost, love is a gift from God. It's an attribute that God has. Now let's talk about some of the attributes that we don't relate to like his omnipresence. We, we don't understand that, we can't relate to that, that God is everywhere, right? Omniscient, he's all-knowing. We can't really relate to that or understand completely those details. But what he does do is, is he gives us some of these attributes that God is, like God is love, and we can relate and we share in that love with God. Like it just said, first and foremost, you must love the Lord, your God. And so he allows us to be a part of that. And as we start understanding more details about that, that's why we're here. He created us because he wanted to be in a loving relationship with us. And so much of why we are here is rooted in love. And we are to reflect the attributes that God allows us to be a part of, like goodness, love, Grace, mercy, those are other attributes that we can extend out, not again like God, but we are a part of those, and we are to reflect those attributes that God has given us to others. That's what it means to be made in the image of God, and we are image bearers, and we are to reflect God's love. And so let's look at this love a little bit more in 1 John, that's where it... In four eight, it says, God is love. You know, one of the things that breaks my heart is when you talk to somebody, you know, it could be in our fusion ministries or even before that junior high or even in grade school, you'll, you'll find people and they'll, they'll say, you know, nobody loves me. And that just breaks God's heart and that breaks my heart. And one of the things that we need to understand that God is love, meaning it is impossible for God not to love. God's love is constant. It's an absolute because God is love. It's a part of His nature. It's who He is. When we are at our best, God loves us. When we are at our worst, God loves us. That is amazing. It's constant love. And this is the message that the world has always needed to hear. But specifically this year when we're dealing with all this chaos and all this negativity and all this isolation there are people that are feeling unloved and maybe some have had been dealt a bad hand an unfortunate influence in their lives where they've been hurt but they're just not loved and they can convince themselves that they're just there's nobody that loves me but the absolute truth Of Scripture is God is love. He loves us. He created us. We are His treasured creation and we are here to love. First, God loves us. He gives us that gift. And let me tell you, it's a perfect love. There is no other love like God's because it is perfect. Look at how it says it in Jeremiah 31. Verse 3, long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love. I have drawn you to myself. God's love is everlasting. There's no beginning, and that means there is no end. That means God is never going to stop loving us because He is God, He is love. And you want to talk about a perfect love. It's an unfailing love. This, there will be no disappointment in God's love. Whatever we have faced, and I know there are some sad stories out there, whatever you have faced possibly in life about being hurt by somebody and not being loved by that individual, know that God will never let you down. You can trust in God's love. It is a perfect love. And what God wants And this is why he created us. This is why we are here, because he created us unique, and there's a lot of value because we are here, and we were created by the creator, God himself, and we are to love God, and we are to love others. And we're going to dig into more of what that looks like. Also, Deuteronomy 4, verse 37, because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants and he personally brought you out of Egypt with great display of power. You know, here we see God's, God's action of love here. You know, he was faithful in his love to the Israelites about slavery. And it was through love that he led them out He said, I'm going to bring you out of slavery. You are my chosen people. And he remained faithful in that promise to God. And know that all of God's promises, he stays faithful. And one of those promises is that he loves us, that he has plans for us, and he is for us. Those are just promises that we need to understand. And so let's dig into love a little bit more. This is our second point here. Our love for God is more than a feeling. It's also demonstrated in action. Have you ever heard the words actions are stronger than words? What this is communicating is that love is an action. See the Hebrew word is ahava. A H A V A H. And in every Hebrew word there is a root word And so in this word that means love, the root word for Ahava is the first four letters, the A, the H, and the the A, and the V, it is to give. That is the meaning of love in Ahava. It is to give. So we are to give love. But see, our definition, and this is what I feel like the world is missing in today's day day and age, so much of our definition, when I talked about all the things that we appreciate and like, it's about receiving. It's about receiving. And there is the feeling of love. Amen. Like, that is a gift from God. The feeling of love is a deep love for somebody, means that you have a um, deep compassion for them, that there is a connection there that is personal between you and that person, and God has that with us as well. And I don't want to just minimize that when I say love is more than feelings, feelings are a big part of love that God allows us to be a part of, that deep affection for one another. But it's more than that. It's like a two-sided coin, and that is just half of it. The other half of love is action, The ahavah meaning of, of love, it's action. So let's see this action in how God loves us. He says, And now Israel, what does the Lord, your God, require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord, your God, and live in a way that pleases Him and love Him and serve Him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. All right, so there's the Shema again. There's reference to it. Now, if you're saying, okay, here's the hook right here. See, now you are asking me, okay, so now... I have to live a life that's pleasing to God. All right, here's here comes following the rules. Okay, and you must obey the Lord's commands and decrees. Okay, now I understand. As long as we're good or as, you know again, that performance part. As long as we're good, then God will love us. No, God's love is constant. And if you read this verse and you're feeling, okay, now I got to follow a lot of rules. You're just not hearing God's heart of love for us. You know, why do parents give instructions to kids the minute they start walking? We start as parents, we start giving them instructions. Why? Because we are loving mothers, we are loving fathers. And we are saying, don't touch this. If you touch that, you might pull, you can hurt yourself. As they get older, there's these boundaries that we put in the household. We continue to put these boundaries in the household to what? To protect our children. This is love's, this is God's love for us. I love how it finishes It says, you must love the Lord and the Creed, that I am giving to you out of love. Here are the boundaries that I have for my children. When we come to faith, we become children of God's. And this is a loving command from our Father about, here's the boundaries I want you to obey. First, do things that please me. Now, you got to, before we came to faith, there was this other path, this path that caused us to go the wrong direction. And what God is saying here is, I know you are always going to struggle with that path, but because I love you, listen to my ways. Listen to my commands. But naturally, we always want to find ourselves being pulled back to that old sinful nature. And what God is saying is, I love you, and I want you to have a rich and satisfying life. And if you listen to me, that you don't try to please the world or students in school. You're not trying to be just a number in the audience that goes along with the flow. That you actually put my commands into action. If you do that, you will have a more fulfilled life. What God is saying there, when we obey, so remember the Shema, when you listen and obey, That's when we start putting our love into action for God. That we say, God, I am going to surrender to your leading. You lead, I'll follow, Lord. You lead, I'll follow. And when we do that, now we are giving our love to God. Because we're allowing, we are submitting to Lord, that he is Lord of our life. That's the second part of the Shema. The Lord alone. The Lord alone is Lord of our life. And the way that we love God, that we give our love to God, is obeying his word and putting it into practice. It's amazing how this passage right here is demonstrating God's love for us. And he says at the very end, this is for your own good. You will benefit by this if you listen and obey my commands. We see in Matthew Another opportunity. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. There's the Shema again. Now we're in the New Testament. So from Deuteronomy all the way to the New Testament, now Jesus' words, he's, he's reciting the Shema. This is the first and greatest commandment. Love God. And we just talked about how we are to love God. Now he goes on. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so not only are we, have we been created here to love God but we are also created to be in loving relationships with one another that is also a gift from God and one of the ways that we love our neighbors is we point them to Jesus it's the great commandment go and make disciples probably the most challenging word of all of scripture is the "go," the go because that requires action from what us So you can't go and make disciples if you're not going to go and pour into them and share them, share details about who God is. Now, this doesn't mean that we run to our neighbor's door after church here today, knock on their door and go, hey, do you know Jesus? And I want to share Jesus with you. That might not be the best approach. But what God is saying here is reflect love, build relationships, obey my commands, which means love people. And when that door opens for you to be able to talk to somebody about me, take advantage of it. Now, he didn't leave us here stranded all on our own. He gave us the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit's role to give us the words, to give us the strength. God has equipped us with everything to be able to do this. Now, if you're just thinking that this literally means your neighbors, no, it means every relationship that you have, your spouse, your kids, family, extended family, friends, coworkers, yes, and neighbors. So it's talking about everybody here. And what God is saying is he wants us to ahava, that kind of love to all of our relationships. So here's what I'm going to ask you. How are you giving to your spouse? How are you giving love to your kids? How are you giving love to your coworkers? How are you giving love love to your extended family? How are you giving love to your neighbors? This is an action-based love from God's word. It's the correct definition of love, and it's to give. And so I just want to share with you a few things. I had a situation where I failed. I just failed miserably on this. And so God pierced my heart as I was preparing for this. So last week, we went out and visited my parents. And there was a great conversation. My dad said, here, let me, so I'm a big Lakers fan. I don't love the Lakers. I like the Lakers. I'm a big Lakers fan. So he put the game on. But then my wife and my mom and my dad started this great conversation. And I'm sitting right next to my dad in the next recliner over, and I was focused on the Laker game. It was a great opportunity. I see my mom and dad maybe once a year now, on average, maybe. And my wife challenged me that next day. She goes, you know, Jared, I, I, I witnessed that you weren't real engaged. So I went, to, I went to Adam and Eve right away. I started trying to minimize it. Oh, yeah, my dad's all right. He knows I love he knows that I love him, but what she was doing in that moment, and this is where, as spouses and students and kids, we need to continue to be teachable, she was right. I wasn't giving any love at that moment, not to my mom and dad. And my dad was sharing some personal details about his life and some, just some challenges that he's faced, and I'm over here watching the Laker game, and my wife challenged me on that, and, and I, I didn't receive it well. And then God hit me over the head. Even before we got home, I knew I had made it, that we had a good conversation from Arizona back to Utah. But it reminded me, first, and this is how it happens, I didn't show, I didn't give my love to my dad in that conversation. I could have very easily engaged and been a part of that. And then when my wife confronted me on it, I didn't give my wife love. You see, we should and hopefully we do learn by our mistakes. And I recognize that I wasn't giving love in that moment to my dad or my wife. And you'll recognize these needs that come up. You'll recognize them in kids. And I think that's, that's good for us to remember because we can see that. Usually within our kids, we'll see a need. And they need us to do something. They need us to give them love. Like, is there something happening with our kids that they need a loving conversation and that we are the parents to give that to them. Like that's a great opportunity how we can give love to our children. But we need that for our spouses. We need that for our friends. You will recognize needs that come up. You will. If you pay attention, you understand that love is about giving. Now when we give, then somebody is receiving. But we need to understand the charge that God is giving us is to give and you will see needs and sometimes a conversation is helpful it's not that we're going to fix that need because there are there are needs that we can't fix and that leads us to our last point god demonstrated his love for us in the most costly way you want to talk about a picture of love with action it's what jesus did for us because we had a need And the reason we have a need is because in chapter 3, that sin entered the world in Genesis very early on. And it caused separation from God. And our sin had to be dealt with. This is one of the most famous verses in the scripture. But look at God's love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave the world his son, which is incredible because we didn't earn it and we didn't deserve it. It was his only son at that, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You know, I love everyone in here, but I wouldn't give one of my sons up for anyone. But God did. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. See, that sin causes separation from us and God. And so what did God do? God reacted. He demonstrated his love for us. He put it into action. He sent his son into this world to die for our sins. In Romans, that's how it says we are made right with God when we believe that Jesus came into this world for us because he loved us. And he went to that cross and he paid, he took our place. He took the punishment that we deserved upon himself. He spared us of that because of his love for us. If you are here and you're just trying to find out who God is, leave with this information right here more than anything else. That God loves you. He came into this world and died for you. And when you put your faith and trust in that, that's when it says we become children of God. When you confess that with your mouth and believe that Jesus died on the cross in your heart and that you have been forgiven of your sinful nature, that's a beautiful picture of God's love. Last verse, Romans 5 says, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ paid our penalty, Christ died for us. It's because of his love for us. If you have not received God's love through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, I wanna encourage you, you can do that before you leave today. And for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, I just encourage you to leave here with that word, give. Love is about giving. We see so many verses where it says God gave, God gives. That's the true meaning of the word "ahavah," the Hebrew word of love in Scripture. And I just encourage you guys to be givers of love throughout the next weeks, months. I pray that this would challenge us in a healthy way. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. We are grateful for your word. And Jesus, as we read scripture about what you did, I pray that those words would just pierce us, Lord. That it was unconditional love that you came, and that you surrendered and gave your life for us so that we could be freed from our sins, so that we could receive life, Lord. And it's an eternal life that comes with putting our faith and trust in you, Jesus. We are grateful for who you are. We are grateful for your love. Thank you for loving us, Lord. And I pray as followers of you, Lord, that we would put this Ahava into action, that we would be givers of love to the relationships that you have blessed us with, Lord. Give us the strength to do that. And Lord, the Great Commission, go and make disciples. And then also teaching them to obey, again, to obey all of your commandments, Lord. I do. I pray for boldness for my friends with us here this morning. I pray that we would put that into action as well. We love you, Jesus. And I pray for those who have yet to put their faith in you, Jesus. May they really understand John 3.16 and Romans 5.8. God, you are a gracious and generous God, and you gave your son for them so that in return they can experience your love and that they can share that love with others, Lord. And when we receive your love, our life is transformed, Jesus, not because of what we do, but because of what you do through us. We are grateful for that. And I pray that those who have not yet put their faith and trust in you, Jesus, would do so before they leave today. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen.